Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Walk Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. It's getting dark. <laughs> I'm Josh Brown. I'm in the dark. It is getting very dark. We are recording this <clears throat> later on in the day. It's just, it's just the way that it goes sometimes. Sometimes it's just electric light is the only thing keeping you going. Uh, but Mr. Josh Brown recording this in the dark with a little, little Christmas tree behind him keeping him going. <laughs> it's me, the Christmas tree, Joe Pesci, the three to two <laughs> things I need in life, including myself, I guess. Some light in the background. So we thought we'd do a sort of a, a, a glazed overlook at 2021, focused on some of the games that got us through the year. But I also want to open it on a general uh, talking point, because I feel like overall this year gets referred to, or is getting referred to, as a massive disappointment, as one of the worst years in you know quite some time, etc., etc. And whilst I can see the arguments for that, I want to put that out as the initial talking point. Do you guys think that 2021 has been a disappointment? disappointing year for video games no i mean i don't think so i want to start putting together my game of the year stuff there was tons on there yeah totally i mean i might just be uh lucky enough to have played so much this year Mm. more than i ever have before which might skew my opinion and yes that has been just (laughs) everything other than that scott completely (laughs) uh complete tangent here i messaged my mother the other day pleading her to get me Metroid Dead Dread for Christmas just right. so I could please you and finally play it. So it is on the way. Okay, it's if, just, that, I'm if, that's, have to wait if that's until... the conduit, I'll be messaging yeah. her myself. Just I need I'm to gonna... let you know, make sure it comes in. <laughs> we have to wait for the old man to drop it down the chimney for me on uh, at the end of <laughs> December. Uh, but no, I don't think it's necessarily been disappointing. I think there have been a lot of really good games. It's just disappointing um, when you line it up to what we were initially going to get at the start yeah. of the year before a lot of things got um, delayed. You know, big hitters like God of War, Ragnarok, um, Horizon Zero Dawn. This year was supposed to be stacked. It's nowhere near as stacked as it is, but that doesn't mean that the games that came out this year aren't good and, you know, amazing in their own right. I think it's just when you compare it to the hypothetical. Yeah, I mean, there's been t- like this has been kind of like the year of the <clears throat> of the indie of like the B tier, like of a, a sort of very um, some smaller studios sort of stepping in, going like, okay, we can take the spotlight for a bit. Um, and like, so I think the overall amount of stuff that's worth playing is still sky high. It's just that you don't have that many things on the AAA space necessarily. There's not like that many Resident Evil eights, let's say. But um, Benro, what's your thoughts on the year overall? I think it's been a pretty good year. You know, um, mm-hmm. it it seemed to. I think it's because the games came in like waves where. Uh, more so than ever, I think like we just had splodges of drops, and then there was nothing. Like that's what, how I felt. Mm-hmm. And until recently, I was like, "Oh, game of the year, my my top ten is pretty weak." And then I'm like, 
I've got to take something out because Chernobyl is just crawling up inside and <laughs> just climbing the ladder every time I, I jump into that mm -hmm. lovely dystopian world. So, um, yeah, like I've played. It's weird because I, I looked at my uh, I, I what I do is um on Letterbox and other things. I put all the films I've watched in a year and all the games. And this year I've played less new games because the, I think, because as Josh said, things got moved around. Mm -hmm. Then like films is weird where I've watched like 20 more new films than I did last year because films are back apparently. But with games, I thought, I think it's just, uh, yeah, yeah, there might've been less big hitters coming out, but at the same time, I, I, I went back and played older stuff that I'd never touched or older stuff that I wanted to clean up. So mm -hmm. I, I, I wasn't, maybe if you'd asked me this, back in september or august about a mm, bit 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 like this and then right. we had like a drop of four things i wanted in october and i was like you know what let's go 2021 so, you're all right one thing that i want to kind of focus on a bit is that obviously it's it's xbox's entire game plan overall to focus on game pass and give you all this you know this massive archive of stuff monthly access points and they've put so much work into backwards compatibility but we should talk about as an umbrella topic that idea that this was the year all of us went back to stuff like i think benroy you got your ps3 this year or was that last year? yes yeah, I got a PS3 like, this year. To the point of being able to access a whole bunch of stuff that isn't available on PlayStation that you can go back and buy and like you know play the Sopranos game or whatever else isn't available in a more mainstream sense. But I think the backwards compatibility, obviously, like I said, it's more of an Xbox's business plan, but it became a thing that we all did this year. I'm kind of curious whether overall people did that, but I feel like because there weren't as many massive, you know, like eyeball commanding releases um, that we found the time to go back to stuff. Because Josh, I think, well, I think all of us, we went, we went back to different things, but Josh, what grabbed you? You in that regard oh dude i bought two copies of matrix the path of neo that's how much i was invested <laughs> in um, <laughs> it was an accident i'll okay. say to my lawyer when he um arrests me for this he i don't know why, why, down, he's finally why is my lawyer arresting me that's that's a bad lawyer um <laughs> yeah i've definitely been playing with so much uh so many old games this year that's where i've got my enjoyment from is mostly from replaying stuff you know mm -hmm. we had we all had the lovely 100 hour binge of the mass effect legendary um, edition, i've got that you know? written down yeah yeah death stranding is going to be one of my games that i talk about because i loved going back to that and it was just been a joy whether it was on ps now whether it was buying all ps2 games whether it was game pass going back and having the time to revisit all favorites or revisit franchises that i always wanted to get around to like it's been the year for that last year was too to an extent as well and it's just kind of <laughs> made me thoroughly appreciate the sheer library that's available mm. now and all of those great experiences that you can more accessibly than ever like jump into i kind of feel like if we didn't have the way things rolled out this year we wouldn't have freed up the the headspace to be able to do this um because like yeah there is like so many i mean i've been replaying the original halo because i'm just that wrong and i have to go back to certain things but i think that like i said if we didn't have the, so many little gaps in between the bigger releases you might not have freed up the time to go back to those things because the average indie title is only going to take you seven to ten ish hours if that sometimes um but ben roy what's uh what's been tickling your backwards compatibility ivories well, I, I could cheat and say the Mass Effect trilogy, but I'm not. Mm. I'm going to cheat <clears throat> in another way and say the Splinter Cell trilogy. <laughs> the, 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 the Splinter Cell trilogy, I might say. Tom Clancy's hate, classic HD Splinter Cell trilogy mm -hmm. uh, remastered in HD. Just that's the full title on the box there. And um, <laughs> yeah, I went back and played all of these. It had been since forever. I don't think I've played Chaos Theory since like the month it came out. For, really? Like, wild things like that. But yeah, just going back and... Um, Think it and reasserting my brain to where I thought, ah, oh, Splinter Cell One's the best one still. Like, so I have a fond, uh, like a fond spot for that. But now nah, it's really Chaos Free and Chaos Free's mm -hmm. 
really uh, great compared to like games now. And boy, is Pandora Tomorrow still rough in some Pandora places. Pandora is so rigid. I think Chaos Theory yeah. is barely aged a day. I don't know if you found that, like playing something like that in uh, 2021. Yeah, I mean, like the only thing you could really say about that sort of game is that the levels are pretty cramped at some mm. points. But I, I, I don't know, grew up with those smaller levels in my life. So I'm kind of like happy and content with that. I'm glad it wasn't like, you know, running around the giant open world to find some, I don't know, some goggles in the in the bushes. But <laughs> going back to Splinter Cell and just seeing how um, game stories have changed and how like, the as that franchise went on, that we got more and more focus on characters and yeah, they do things like Sam has a daughter, but then they, they ignore her for like half the series and other aspects. And she's dead, that. and she's not. Yeah. yeah, and just hiding around in the dark and realizing this is like the, this game came out like a PS2 and original Xbox and playing mm. it on the PS3, classically HD remastered, is just you know, was so also- nice. Uh, addendum to that that the original Spinner Cell trilogy is on Xbox backwards compatibility as well if you didn't get the disc version yeah. or whatever as is um, the Max Payne trilogy now finally just want to take a minute to just be happy <laughs> that those games exist again because how long have we wanted Max Payne 3 to be available could do with the 60 frames a second thing but yes. you can't beggars can't be choosers beggars got to get whatever they can put out so there is that um we should focus on the mass effect legendary edition because all three of us played that i think ben roy was your first time through it this year um yeah. or the first um like majority of mass effect this year and um that was one of the games that i had down as literally one of the games that got me through the year just revisiting that that franchise loving that first game i still dropped off when i got to mass effect 3 because it's such a different game i just think it's i hate that thing but mass effect one and two especially one um i can i reappreciate it in a whole way that i think i just couldn't do back in 2007 and um, just because of how much i've changed as a person or how much i can appreciate something now that i'm older um but ben Roy, you were new to mass effect this year this was also something that um made a big old dent yes it's one of those things that i was <laughs> wanting to get to for ages and the rumblings of rumors i think for like a few years now that they were gonna do the old remaster job mm-hmm. because um i think i've said the silver before but one christmas i had the choice from a relative like do you what you, you want one game and i was looking and I th- my tastes were a bit still rigid back in like 2007 i wasn't sure mm-hmm. what i wanted and it was it was between assassin's creed or mass effect i whittled it down to and i chose mass effect and i played it for a few hours i didn't enjoy it traded it with one of my friends for legends of wrestlemania and i never turned <laughs> back and it was only till this year when i jumped in and fully enjoyed the keith david trilogy and was like oh this is, I was such a silly boy for putting off this song, but also I'm glad I put it off for this song because it's a really good trilogy to play for the first time during this year. Plus you got all the DLC, all the story bits, all the little, yeah. like you got to completely avoid all the absolute BS that was the way that thing rolled out in the first place. It just got, I mean, it's, it is what a definitive trilogy should be like shout outs to Rockstar. But yeah, I think um, <laughs> Josh, what were your thoughts going back to Mass Effect? Did you have as much of a reappreciation for it as me? I think so. You know, I always loved that. I always knew that I loved Mass Effect 1. Like, I credit Mass Effect 1 in particular as being one of the games that, like, entrenched my love for gaming just, like, Mm. that much. But I always wondered how it was going to hold up because, to me, it was so new back in the day. And, obviously, parts of Mass Effect 1 in particular haven't aged um, all that well. So I Mm. wondered whether it was just going to be a nostalgia thing, whether I was going to get that into it. And then, after two hours, I was so into it, you know, getting to know all of these characters, getting to dive into the lore in a way that I hadn't before. 
And I just think that trilogy holds up so well. And um, all the games are so distinct from each other. Like sometimes you get a trilogy and there's a definite through line between them and you kind of know what you're going to get. Like the big tonal shifts between Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2 to Mass Effect 3, mm. for better or worse, just make it such a varied, textured thing to go through and take in all at once. And I've never done them back to back before. I've replayed them a lot, but I've never done them back to back. And it made you appreciate those differences so much more when they were in such close proximity to each other. And I thought that was a fascinating thing to discover about this franchise that I have played to death and that I've read about to death. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's still offering new things in this way. Aye, man. Like, play Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, Play it, play it. Doing them uh, back-to-back was the thing that made me drop the hell off three because I was just... I mean, Mm -hmm. the thing is as well, now that we were this far removed from them, I think we talked about this when we did... Because we did a string of podcasts, like one devoted to each game in a row, like back when they came out back in May or whatever it was. Um, So please go listen to them. But um, I don't know where you guys land on which your favorite... and What your favorite installment is because I was always a Mass Effect 2 guy. I was always like, I love the, the side story. It's grittier. I love all the characters. I love things like Thane. But then when I went back through them now, I drastically prefer the original. I think that it has such a great sci-fi, Star Trekian, like open-ended vibe. I love the story. It has so much weight. Like, you know, you're the first human specter in the galaxy. And it just there's so much that I love about the way that thing's presented. And the fact that two is a side story, like almost fundamentally, considering three picks back up where one was, um, that makes me prefer one overall. But like Benroy, where did you come down on what's your favorite one? It's weird, right? Because <clears throat> I think there's always going to be a part of me that thinks of Mass Effect 1 and thinks of not enjoying it, even though I really enjoyed it this time around. Mm. And it had been however many years and I was now an adult. But I think maybe two. And mm. I I don't... I. It's weird you saying like the disdain for free and having listened to podcasts over the years and hearing people uh, shout on the hill that free was garbage and then it got fixed and blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, I, I liked three as well. I like the. I thought they did a really good conclusion. Like with two, I feel like its weakest point is it doesn't have a like the the story is it's a it's a game of side quests, right? Where you're yeah. uh, they're very important side quests. I'm not shooting them down like that, but there's no like sort of like I, they they break the formula for better or worse. They're still, I still I I think about it sometimes. I'm not totally sure, but obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I enjoy all the characters in that a lot more. I, I think three falls down where some characters are just like, uh, I'm in the shops. I see it a bit, and then it's the end. <laughs> someone went, in, someone went to get milk, and then they're at the very final battle, and you never really get to sort of like deal with them and things. And mm-hmm. one builds up in such a great way that the mystery is sort of there. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat and say it's all one game to me because I played them literally ah. one after the other, and I'm never gonna play them on on their own. When I go back to these games, like another ten years, mm-hmm. I'll play it. Or when. I, if the new Mass Effect comes out like in two years, I probably won't replay them all because screw that. But like, I'll probably just do them in like one sitting, but not obviously like pry in as much as I did this time. Yeah, yeah. I think that's totally fair. Uh, uh, Josh, did you have a, a reapproached favorite or is it still, I think yours was two anyway. Yeah, my, I'm I'm the exact same as I was beforehand, but I don't <laughs> think that's necessarily bad. If I was going to like recommend one to mm-hmm. play to someone, it would be Mass Effect 2 because I think like as Ooh. a game, the systems and the narrative it just clicks so well like the game plays really well everything connects to each other but my personal favorite is one just because Mm -hmm. of like the things you said scott like the the grandiosity of it the way it introduces you to this new world the tone of it like i said is very different to two which is kind of more edgy and more of its time mass effect one is almost more timeless in its presentation and which i really like i like its approach to sci-fi a little bit more but they're all you know incredible it's just that if you were going to play one if one was going to convince you 
I would say Mass Effect 2. I think um, your friend and mine, Ash Millman, did the mm. same thing where she couldn't get into one necessarily, played two, and then went back and could appreciate it all. So I feel I like doing that's that. the one that like, makes you click. Yeah, that, but... that seems like crazy town. Just just <laughs> madness doing two, then one. But yeah, either way, you can't really go wrong. Just don't start with three, as EA yeah. told us all to do back in 2012. But um, yeah, we should also talk about uh, Death Stranding. Me and Benroy didn't go back to this, but Josh, this was the thing that you just kept messaging us going, I've just done another 10 hours on Death Stranding, lads. Right, I've done 70 hours on Death Stranding, lads. <laughs> and I've just banked a whole other playthrough. So what what sparked that? And uh, oh. why did you stick with it? I guess because it got re-released on PS5. Yeah, it was the PS5 um, remaster that did it, but I was really wanting to replay it before then. Truthfully, I can credit this to one Adam Nicholas who played it fresh <laughs> either at the next. start of this year or the end of last year and absolutely loved it and got me excited to go back to it. And, you know, there were people joking in at the start of last year that, um, you know, Death Stranding is the perfect pandemic game because you're <laughs> playing as someone who is traveling with no one around um, and delivering packages to people who are all, you know, huddled up inside of their homes and in cities and stuff. And, you know, it is a bit of a joke, but also it's true. It is the perfect pandemic game that to play during this time because mm-hmm. its themes and its kind of characterization in its world resonate. Obviously, it's not one for one, very radically different stories, but the, the feeling of it, I think, resonates so well. And obviously, been in during this entire period and um, I got to appreciate it that way but it was a game where I jumped in and I didn't know if I was going to bounce off it because I played so much of it previously and then like you said you know 70 hours went by and it was all I could think about it was all I was playing just the same as it was the first time around and Ben Roy's mentioned on a podcast before that the platinum for that game is almost entirely different to the rest of it like you don't play oh. Death Stranding the same way if you're going for a platinum than you do when you're going through the story. And I kind of never really understood what Roy meant by that until I did it myself and was like, yes, those 20 hours getting in the platinum, that is a completely different style of play and a completely different experience. And I really enjoyed doing that this time around. Just well, in terms getting of like everything, focusing on one off. person and getting everything, like, like instead of just kind of moving more through the map. Kind of, yeah, because, you know, at that point, you've you've presumably set up a lot of, um, you know, roads and a lot of uh, kind of like set points to get around places. And you're just kind of focusing on maximizing your points, which just makes you play in a different way. It's hard to explain if you haven't done it, but you're essentially just transporting like massive and massive amounts of goods from point to point over and over again, mm-hmm. trying to get these uh, final trophies or you're like fabricating stuff that you would never use before. Um, in the main game so you can notch off those trophies it just it just makes you think in a different way and you know Mm. the main campaign is about mastering the environment it's about going through the uncharted areas and the end game is essentially what you do when you've connected america what you do when you've built those roads and it's just it's just a completely different thing it's (laughs) it's so it's so weird there's something to shout out about the like mindset that Death Stranding puts you in. Like, I mean, I know Kojima was, oh, it's a new genre, it's the Strand genre, and like, I, I mostly agree with him. Like, I think that there was like there was a bit of backlash at the time, going, like, well, you know, it's it's just an open world game, but it's not. Like, there is something to the way it's interconnected. The fact that you are working with other people without really realizing it. Like, someone can leave resources, uh, and you pick them up later, or you lose one of your weapons, or someone else will return it for you, and stuff like that. Like, there is that interconnected web of. Um, you know, a community working together without really realizing it. And I think that does elevate it. Plus the amount that you spend running around just literally on foot, like, or just conquering a mountain one footstep at a time. Like that stuff for me does elevate it. I think, I don't know if it was that that mindset, the sort of almost calmness to it that like got you yes. back in, but like there's, how Dude. do you describe it? There's something to Death Stranding that's so unique in that way. I, 
I think, you know, <laughs> calm might not be the necessarily the right thing, <laughs> even though I would agree just because it's so not calm when you're figuring it's it out. Boring. I think I think it's empowering. I think, you know, when you're playing through it, and like you said, you're climbing those mountains, you get this feeling that you're becoming empowered. You know, you're conquering the land, like you said. And there is a sense of tranquility and a sense of calm that comes with the isolation. That's really good. You know, I had a lot of fun this time around embracing um, embracing that isolation. You're spending a lot of time with Sam in his room, knocking back um, not monster energy drinks because <laughs> they couldn't get the license back. Knocking What's back those energy like drinks. Bridges Cola or something. Yeah, like Bridges Energy or something. Uh, knocking those back, listening to the music, just appreciating the quiet. And the quiet is so much of that game. You know, I would happily play it if there was no combat and if there was no BTs. Like for me, the enjoyment is just the mechanics, is just the world, is just being involved in in the moment in a way that, you know, so many of us have not been in the moment uh, this year because it's just been a, a strange all year. It's very like the Mudrunner or the SnowRunner games in that way. Yeah. Benway, did you feel any pull to go back to Death Stranding when they did the, the re-release? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates Fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, it's um, it's a thing where I want to keep it in the box <laughs> that I had it for a while. Like, part of me when Josh was talking about the end game, I'm like, I, I wonder what it'd be like if I just, you know, when I got everything done, just kill a bunch of people and watch the world blow up and like cause like <laughs> giant holes in the terrain and wonder what that would do. But mm-hmm. 
I was just thinking back to like the secret final boss of that game being Sam Lake and trying to arrange everything so I can never touch the floor and always go over these zip lines mm. and everything along those lines. And yeah, transporting like all this giant cargo and it turned it into a pseudo sort of, like arcade game. But for me, it's um one that I probably won't go back to for a while. I don't know because I, I think because I did a lot of Kojima stuff this year, like I did Metal Gear 4, for example. So I had a lot of Kojima cutscenes in my life this year as it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, it just feels like a point in time that I don't want to, like, not, not in a bad way, but I want to hold there and keep it there and remember the, the weird times. <laughs> I think it's very valid. I know exactly what you mean, Benroy, because Metal Gear Solid Five is exactly that for me, and I thought Death Stranding would be as well. So I fully get that. Like Metal Gear Solid Five is like this thing that was of a time, and I almost don't want to touch it. It's like it was a perfect <laughs> time, and like, that's it. It was pristine. I want to want to pivot off that and talk about the games that um, we just absolutely like ripped like bitter chunk out of when they came along. Because I feel like you know most most years you have those sorts of games. Usually it's like top tier stuff. Death Stranding was one of them when it first dropped. Where all three of us just that was all we were doing, all we were talking about, all we were playing. And I don't. I'm gonna like pass it over to you guys in a sec. But like if I talk about games this year that you know I absolutely just devoured. There's only really a handful for me. Stuff that I like only played that one thing until it was done, and then it was done, and I didn't replay it again or whatever and those things are almost down to two it's metroid dread and kana bridge of spirits those were two that i just absolutely devoured hot wheels unleashed i've compl- i've almost done everything and i was going to go for the platinum until it got crazy biscuits and it was all do 100 of this and 200 of that and i was like no i'm not doing that but i have done all the campaign races i've done whatever done a lot of hot wheels unleashed never expected to like a hot wheels game in a million years and um, but that thing's incredible and halo infinite about 50 hours in and uh, loving the multiplayer gameplay side of it with the rest of it being a work in progress. But in regards to story stuff, Metroid Dread and Kano were the two that I absolutely devoured. I guess Resident Evil 8 as well. Um, but passing that over to uh, Benroy, did you find that this year, that there was like some stuff that pulled you in more than others? Because I feel like some people, when they say this year was disappointing, is because there weren't enough of those, I need to play this style games where you're waiting all day to get back to play that one thing again. Well, Resident Evil 8 definitely pulled me in for like about a month because not only playing it and then doing the content on it and just being absorbed by Resident Evil for that mm. sort of month. But I feel like I've harked, like I've, I've given that game some shine this year. So I want to say that is definitely a game that absorbed me. And also Halo Infinite has definitely absorbed me now. And I'm like, you know, can I sneak off for maybe five minutes early and get a game <laughs> sort of thing? But um, hey, the new XP weekly is alive in another hour from now. So I, I just want to ha- I just want to hammer some lads and then get done with it. And then but I, <laughs> what I will say is the game that really sort of like got its hooked back into me, which I've been waiting for ages. The Alan Wake, Alan Wake remastered. Oh, yeah, Get back into old Alan and just going back to Bright um, Bright Falls. And experience the goofy set dressing around it in like the TV shows like Night Springs and just playing that game again in like on a new generation, remembering how great it is. Even though I played it like the other year when it came to Xbox, when it was like bumped up a bit, but playing the remaster and having new Alan's face and like the weird, like the Easter eggs in there for like control stuff and mm-hmm. the uh, QR codes that take you to YouTube videos that are unlisted on YouTube that you can watch that also like blend the stories together. There's so much that's putting me back in there. And I can't, I, I was like, I, at one point I was like, oh, I just wish the voice actor in Alan Wake read the read the read a book of Alan Wake so I could just listen to him <laughs> talk about talk about Alan Wake some more. I just want more Alan Wake artists on it. I'm so excited to because it's one of the biggest teasers that like we know what's happening, right? We know there's another Alan Alan's returning, especially after the control stuff. Yes. Uh but I just it set me up so much, so ready for this. And it's like one of the most 
excited I've been for a single player experience in a while. Mm, I think speaking of um, the dude, I forgot the name of the guy that plays Alan Wake, but I feel like Remedy, whoever their casting director is, just between James McCaffrey as Max Payne, um, the uh, Courtney, whatever she's called, who plays <laughs> um, the lady in control. I feel like all those performances are phenomenal. And um, clearly I'm a massive Max Payne fan. But um, yeah, I think that like Remedy overall should be like commended for that stuff. It's like Alan Wake was so ahead of its time and the fact that it's revisitable 11 years later and it still just brings you in. Because um, I replayed the original one earlier this year and just burned through it. Um, might have been, actually might have been last year. Time is a flat circle, but it was very recent. And um, I feel like that game is just so well paced, the world and the messaging and everything. It just lands so well. Um, but it's Matthew very, very Pur- good. Matthew Poretta, by the way. Okay, I'm, Matthew Poretta. Right. It's Courtney someone there's... who plays uh, Jesse Faden. I can't yeah, Courtney... Yeah, Jesse Faden. And then there's a different, uh, obviously, actor who plays the body of Alan Wake, who's also um, does like does great physical performances in, in the, the game. And they only get better in like the American Nightmare stuff. And when oh. uh, there's there's other aspects to Alan that get infused in, which I can't, I can't wait to see them pay off in that finally as well. I like the Remedy shared universe. Also, it's Courtney Hope for a quick little Google there. Also, there go. um, to get back to the main thrust of this, Josh, how did you find stuff that you got stuck into? I know Death Stranding was a major point. But what's your general thoughts on, I guess, what's your thoughts on people calling the year disappointing in that regard? Or like what stuff stood out to you as something that you just took a big old chomp of? No, you know what? I'm looking through my library now, which is why I've gone dark again on the screen. Um, and I'm looking at 2021. <laughs> like Homer Simpson in the bedroom, just a couple of hours. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the Homer Simpson glasses on. I've got like the screen up on me. And just he grins every now and then. Like, yeah, figure <laughs> it out. Um, well, yeah, well, I'm looking through and like, you are right, to be fair. The only 2021 game that wasn't a remaster that got me in, um, like in that kind of you know, all-encompassing way was Returnal, which we've talked mm. about, you know, to death at this point. Oh, so I won't yes, go over those points. <laughs> um, but everything else, apart from that, I've really enjoyed, but haven't uh-huh. encountered in the same way that I encountered, you know, Disco Elysium Final Cut, um, mm. the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, um, you know, stuff like when I had a bit, the Resident Evil phase, and I went through Code Veronica X, and I went through, you know, all of those old games, yes. Resident, Resident Evil 5 and stuff. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, when it comes to the 2021 releases, nothing's got me in that way. And I think maybe that's part of why there's a collective potential feeling of disappointment because there hasn't been, you know, that one big game, even of Cyberpunk's level, that we were all kind of in for, for like a whole month yeah. taking apart. The closest I got to that was actually an ongoing game, which was uh, Call of Duty Warzone. You know, Warzone was something that I was eating drinking and sleeping and thinking about all the time and that was the only one apart from Returnal where I was living for the updates I was living for the YouTube content I was living for the season drops I was living for playing it with my friends and I feel like that's going to be the game when I look at the entire pandemic as a whole that I just think of that was the game that was the game that got me through it because I just played the hell out of it and it was a source of connection that I wouldn't have otherwise had we I will should... sidebar oh, and say I did want to just bring it up because I know I've spoken about it a lot, but I did I put probably uh, over a hundred hours plus of PUBG in during this oh, year. That's... So that, that that that's also one that it's been quietly being building up this whole time. But <laughs> I've, I've I've gone too much into PUBG, but saying the war zone things like oh god yeah that. Thing is, we all have like those like on the side multiplayer games. Like I finally deleted Rocket League from my PS4, PS5 rather uh, this year. <sighs> like it was it was finally replaced by Knockout City. That became my go-to multiplayer casual game. Like I. 
I'll have a game or something on the way to something else. That was what my Rocket League thing was. And it got replaced by Knockout City and then now replaced by Halo Infinite. Um, but like there is, there, there are just those games that tick up and they like sort of keep you going in between other releases and you can just spend after, entire afternoons on them and stuff. We should talk about Returnal though, because as much as it might not yes. be something that, I don't know if it powered us through the year, but we all three of us have played it. It's not nominated for Game of the Year at the TGAs. Um, I don't know whether it'll get it to you <laughs> later on, but I feel like Returnal is just such a unique proposition. I know that like obviously Josh, you're, I actually, I don't, Ben Roy, I don't know if you're overall positive on it. I know you're quite positive on it, but I think Josh is the, the most favorable out of the lot of us. It's weird because um, in a tangent way, we went in waves, didn't we? Where Josh mm. first caught the radiation of that game and he reviewed it. <laughs> and then you were in sort of like the second that phase That almost of it. finished me off. I almost didn't get through 2021 because of that game. And then, and then I stumbled onto it later in the year after smashing through Deathloop in like a week and like, yeah, I destroyed that game. And then I went to Returnal and the Returnal took me and gave me a slap and go, no, mate, sit down. <laughs> and um, the actual game itself is weird because... Uh, the I really enjoyed it, but there's things like you have to be. So I, I wouldn't play it unless it was a weekend uh, mm. because for a while, because uh, before I'd beaten it, because I, I wasn't going to sit there for like two hours and get nowhere. You know what I mean? I always went into it going, we're getting, I'm getting progress or I'm snapping this disc. So <laughs> I, it was a weekend game for a, a few uh, weeks because um, mm -hmm. I came to it super late and doing like, there were, there was a few 10 hour sort of like stints. I feel like there was at least one of them where I was just, it was because it kept, I think it was over across the time when it's getting dark early. So one, mm -hmm. the first day it got dark, I was like, what's going on here? Am I in, am I, have I been, been on this sucked all in? day? Yeah. And, but I overall am very positive on it. Like in my personal list, it's kind of like midway through the top 10. Like it's, um, uh, it gets bumped down by like a few other things like the Forgotten City and things like that. But mm. Returnal, it's weird because uh, they added in the suspend thing. So I was able to suspend it and then take a break and things like that, which obviously you two weren't because you two beat it before that update. No, no, and... I, I was like half and half. When I resumed it, okay. it was after the thing. So I got the best of both worlds. I just, problems with that game is I... I want to use one type of gun, maybe two. Like, and I, you die and you lose your gun, right? And then you've mm. got it's like the measure of finding a new gun yes i know there are loads of guns in there and they you should be persuaded to use a lot of these other guns but a lot of those guns are also crap and i don't want a shotgun in that game i want the range because you get these dirty you get these dirty cannon uh seeing it's tuesdays that shoot you from far away and then they get hurt a bit like oh now i'm gonna kamikaze you in the mouth and and you'll fly it and you'll be using your whip to fly away and they'll still be right behind you and that that one level where um it's like the the, the broken city in the sky. I'm gonna just can uh, sort of uh, the, the wintery one. No, oh. the the final one before you fight the boss in the in with all the platforms. The very orangey world. Oh, I know what you mean. Sorry, yeah, the, the yeah. There were so many of those cannon guys that were just there, and I hated <laughs> them so much. And then when the game didn't want to give me anything but a shotgun, I was like, well, I'm just gonna use the pistol then. Get over yourself. <laughs> and then we finally come to a an arrangement where I either had the, what you would call the assault rifle or more like the um, LMG sort of gun. That's how mm -hmm. I explain it for people that haven't played it. And then it gets better, but then like you die and then you lose everything. And then you're like, well, see you tomorrow. Yes. I think that was the, the overall thing that uh, kept making me go like, oh my God, I'm wasting my life. But I, I'm glad that game exists. I'm glad I finished it. Um, I was going to get, I got all, I do have all six sun fragments for the secret ending, but I need to beat the final boss again. And then I dropped off that loop because Halo came out. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get back again. This, but yeah. 
I'm just going. I'm just. I'm going to pitch a list to you live on Airscar. Like, most most underwhelming bosses ever. Like, <laughs> that last boss, just how terrible. you just you just spank it so easily. It's like, wait, is this should have been the first though. boss? I was also glad it was the. I did it first time because I think if I died on a forty-five minute run, I don't know what I would have done because it was that was. Oh my god! I have when such, you're in like, the underwater area and there's like these yeah. big claw gits that go around clawing you in the war and you just can't get away from them either. After you've finally got away from those cannon guys, I just. I think it's this... like I think I the word I used to describe it was cruel. I think it's a very cruel game. I think it abuses yeah. a person's time to play it. But uh, I know that I'm not even letting Josh get in here, and he loves the thing. But no. um, I just I think it's telling. Well, no, I think it's curious that it's not been nominated for a game of the year. I think it should be in the top five game of the year. I think it should be alongside um, It Takes Two and Metroid Dread. It just should be up there. I think that ultimately, although it's challenging and cruel and off-putting, it is thoroughly re it is rewarding by the end. For me, I was glad I went through it. Um, we should end on a positive note, though. Josh Returnal is your game of the year, I believe. It is. It is. And I'm not um, being quiet, uh, by the way, because I'm secretly fuming or anything. It's because I have <laughs> spoken tell you on in this the dark game. Way. I don't even know that's, that's where he is. I'm emotionless. I don't have a face. <laughs> I've pulled my hat off my, off my head. Uh, it's just because I've, I've, I've literally not stopped talking about this game since May. And I feel like I've said everything that could mm. humanly be said about this game. But yeah, at the moment, and I will say it again, when we come to the game of the year discussions and I, after oh repeat all this stuff and fight for it but yeah it's my game of the year it was the only one that got me in that mindset of i want to beat it you know i was staying up until the early hours of the morning and it just got its hooks in me in a way that that genre never has before you know i've never mm -hmm. enjoyed a roguelike in that way even the good ones like hades and yeah i think if you jive with it you can have a great time though then you get to the platinum run and you might hate it forever that's the only thing i might say <laughs> yes yeah yeah the uh, the platinum end game for that thing is it'll it'll test your metal if you think you love it try that try encountering the rng nightmare that they've patched and it's still somehow horrific uh that is trying to find all of the runes and the glyphs and stuff yeah man. making that's it so that you need to get else. like 50 glyphs but they turn up at random is yeah that's, i mean that's a <laughs> yeah. hell in itself and um, we should end on um just one recommendation each if we have them ben while you were mentioning chernobylite earlier on do you have something else that's maybe a bit under the radar that you want to shout out or do you want to stick with chernobylite if you got an xbox if you're game pass or if not Play it takes two of someone because it takes two is great, but also yes. play Chernobyl like because I said so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are Joshua? we talking about games that released in 2021? Yes. Or any game in the world? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not just any game in the world. Otherwise, it'd be right. Blood Omen 2. No, what have you, what have you got? Um, well, it'll, it'll be Returnal, but that's it. That's a given, obviously. And mm -hmm. um, apart from that, honestly, we haven't talked about it much. Forza mm. Horizon 5, man, has been tickling yeah. my pickle over the past few weeks. <laughs> And I know a lot of our co-workers like James Dowis has been um, incredibly into it. If you've got an Xbox, you've got Game Pass, download that thing, man, because that is that's it's a good game and, and that's something that will dominate your time if you let it. So mm -hmm. yeah. I think for for me, I think I've said this every time, but it was just it was so close to Forza Horizon 4. Like it opens in the same way, the beats of the intro are the same. And I was like, oh my god, as someone who put a lot of time into four. Uh, restarting that put me off but if it's your it's your if it's your first forza horizon or you haven't played for in a while or whatever then yeah you can get absolutely lost in that game and um, my shout out is just monomals i just feel like the whole world <laughs> needs to know about monomals this little game little platform thing where you play as like a jazzy frog or a, or a heavy metal loving hippo and you go with your fishing rod and you find notes in a pool and then you make songs with the notes that you find and then you can upload the songs and everyone can share all the music and it's a beautiful little time so i'm just shouting out monomals it's on switch as an 
know where else it is, but I love it. I love it so much, and no one else cares. And it's not in any other, <laughs> it's not in the indie category, it's not anywhere. But it's a lovely little game, Mono Moles. But yes, yeah, so this has been, oh, carry on. I was going to say, I think, um, you know, me and Ben Roy also have to shout out because we're yes. contractually obliged. We're not really uh, the Forgotten City. We have yes. to say the yes. Forgotten City every single time. That is incredibly <laughs> recommendable. So uh, that's 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 the final word. That's all I'm going to say. You, no, you definitely, everyone should, who can hear our collective voices go play the Forgotten City is such a reminder of what something might be like if Bethesda, like, focus tested, sorry, quality controlled their releases and focused on story. Um, considering it is a mod made into a full game. But yes, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. Uh, Unpacking is also on Game Pass. Play that. It is actually <laughs> as well. And Josh Brown. Have you heard of a series called uh, Grand Theft Auto? Because they just had a really good trilogy remaster. That Probably you better play as well than Sopranos game, to be honest. But we will catch you <laughs> next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.